Hi, anyone and everyone. Welcome to Have You Heard About This Case. My name is Sam. And my name is Kelly. Today, I am going to bring you another Wisconsin case. At this point, that's probably no surprise. <laughs> and <laughs> really, a lot of it's because Kelly and I, you and I just spent the weekend in Wisconsin for a friend's bachelorette party. Mm -hmm. um, so I just felt inspired that I needed to do another Wisconsin one. And I really, I have the feeling that most of you have heard this case before. You've probably heard it a lot. Um, but before we really kind of jump into it, what's our question for today? So, Sam, we did just get back from Wisconsin and the bachelorette party, and it was so fun, including an element where a cover band played songs from the 90s and the 2000s. Yes, what? they were amazing. Yes, they were. What was your favorite song from their set? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. Well, first off, they're amazing. If you're in Green Bay, check them out. They're um, Wet Possum. Yes. Um, I truly highly recommend them. Such a fun show. They did such oh, a good a really job. Hard question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they did a good job that it's hard to answer. Because they um, did a good job for a long time. They played almost what, Sam, like a three-hour set? Three to four hours. They had a break in the middle, but yeah, I think it was probably around four hours. Wow. Um, yeah, that was amazing. I would have to say the best song, and this is kind of just because of the people that we were with, um, as we walked into the bar that they were playing, Learn to Fly by the Foo Fighters was playing. Oh, yes. That was... Such a good moment. I'm well, so glad. What made it so special, was so unbelievably special, was that the the girl who uh, is getting married that we had the bachelorette party for, um, I'm one of her best friends because we bonded when she came to stay with me and my sister to go to a Foo Fighters concert. So it was like the moment we walked in, this song came on and we just looked at each other like we're meant to be here. This is it. They it was so perfect for you, the specific trio, including the bride to hear the Foo Fighters right away. I know it's a very special band for you guys. And it was so much fun because not everybody was there yet. There was a giant concert that let out and then everybody sort of came later and we were there early. So we get to like take the dance floor for it. Yes. It was, it was a lot of fun. What was your favorite song? Ooh. Okay. So I have this really long standing relationship that I'm not essentially proud of, but it <laughs> is a fact about me, which is that I really loved Fallout Boys, uh, Sugar, We're Going Down. I love oh, that song. Who didn't? At least anyone who's our age. Who didn't? I love that song. <laughs> it's so good. And Sam's right. It was. It's so hard to pick one because they also played, um, what is the name of that song? You can cut this out if you want to. Uh, it is My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. <laughs> Lit, that's right. Uh, that... Yeah, that is one of my favorite songs from that era. It's so good. Again, if you grew up around then, it it you it had to be. Uh -huh. it, yeah, it's so good. But that was oh, that was just fun and special. 
the the whole place and that was that was after it got really crowded in there Mm -hmm. the whole place just lit up like no pun intended but (laughs) it was just everyone was obsessed with that song and everyone who was there for the most part was around our age so Mm -hmm. the whole place just went wild when that song started yeah it was it was very fun um, but let's dive into this case. This might be a, a little bit of a longer one because there's a lot of just craziness. And I know you're very familiar with this case. Um, um, I, it, it's I hard not jump, to be. I wouldn't jump all the way to very familiar because no, this well, one I actually, I, I didn't. Today. Yeah, this one I didn't tell you when you were researching it purposefully because I was like, um, you know, it's been a while since I've checked up on what happened and since um, everything has gone on that I sort of fell away from the story a little bit. And I know some parts of the, of the end of it and maybe some of the sentencing and things like that, but I don't know much about the actual crime itself. Oh, I'm glad then, because I was I was a little worried this one might be a little over covered, but it's a very interesting case. And I think that there's a lot we can learn from it. I hope at least. So today we're going to be talking about the attempted murder of Peyton Isabella Lautner. Um, This is more widely known as the Slender Man stabbing. Okay. yes. So that I vaguely remember it takes place in 2014 in waukesha wisconsin and at this time peyton was only 12 years old and she was in the sixth grade no she's even younger than i thought she was yeah sorry that's one thing that made this truly mind-blowing is everyone involved in this is so young and that's, I think, why I fell away from the story a little bit, because I was so much this kind of young kid. And me too. You know, I was very much like this. And I was like, oh, anytime I read it, I just feel so terrible. And and to know that she's only 12. And I mean, right around middle school is when you're still very trusting like that, but still very open to your own imagination. And I, oh. Yeah, and even through my research of this case, I found myself, which I've never done before, but I found myself kind of relating to our suspects here as well, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they were just kids. There's so many aspects about them that were just youthful that I think we can all relate to in one way or another. Yeah. And so that it was a little weird for me doing this like further deep dive, because I've heard about this case. I knew I've known mm-hmm. so many details of this case, but I read more into some of the personalities than I ever have before while doing my research. And it's like even even with the the people who did this to Peyton, I found a lot of similarities. And it was it was kind of a weird feeling to know that like I have very similar things to to people so, who did some very terrible things. Peyton's parents, um, Stacy and Joe Lautner, described Peyton as a as such an empathetic kid. 
by all accounts, Peyton was incredibly compassionate. And she had this ability to really be friends with anyone while holding back judgment. We all know middle school, grade school, it can be rough. And the smallest little rumor flies and everyone just believes it. And Peyton could see through a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And like we've you've all experienced bullying at some point or another, whether it's minor or severe. We've all been through it at least a little bit. Yeah. And Peyton didn't like this. Like she she really believed that bullying was very unwarranted and she had an absolutely no issue approaching somebody who's being bullied and being kind of pushed away from the rest of the students and becoming friends with them. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really care about the idea of like hanging out with the cool kids. She just knew everyone needed a friend. Uh. So when she was in the fourth grade, Peyton met Morgan Geyser and Morgan was sitting at lunch alone because Morgan at this point was kind of known as the weird kid. And Peyton, she just figured, I'm going to go sit down at lunch with her. And they became best friends. Wow. Um, She's quoted saying, she was sitting all by herself, and I didn't think anyone should have to sit by themselves. Mm. And she's in the fourth grade. And I that's, just think that's, that's such amazing character. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a very compassionate person like we said like i can't be overstated and morgan says that for a very long time peyton was her only friend and that bond became even stronger because of that Mm -hmm. and morgan also gave peyton a nickname she called her bella Mm -hmm. and i might be using bella interchangeably a little bit i tried really hard to keep peyton just for consistency and understanding Um, but please know if i do refer to her as bella um that is still peyton um a lot of the articles i was pulling from and reading were some said bella some said peyton so it got Mm -hmm. it wasn't confusing because i'm so used to it through my research but i can understand that that that's they're very different names (laughs) yeah she was it you know, just giving her her friend a, a nickname. And when she was giving those quotes, I mean, she was probably still very young and just knew her mm-hmm. kind of halfway as that and halfway as Peyton. Yeah. And um, her middle name is Isabella. So I'm assuming oh. that oh, okay. that Bella came from that. But mm-hmm. it was it was a nickname that for the most part, Morgan used more than any, mm-hmm. anyone else for Peyton. OK. And then. In between the fifth and sixth grade, Morgan made a new friend, Anissa Weir. And Anissa lived in the same neighborhood as Morgan, and they rode the same bus to school. And Anissa had just moved to the area. Um, Her parents were going through a pretty rough divorce. And Mm -hmm. so she she was struggling through that. And when she became friends with Morgan, that really helped her. She really needed a friend. Mm -hmm. And Anissa was the new kid in Morgan and Peyton's sixth grade class. So they 
quickly became a trio. Mm -hmm. But also at this point, Peyton did kind of feel Morgan was pulling away a little bit because Mm -hmm. she was becoming closer with Anissa. Mm -hmm. And so even though they are this trio, it was kind of Morgan that was in the middle of the two of them. Peyton and Anissa weren't super, super close. But it was mm-hmm. still always the three of them hanging out with each other. Mm-hmm. And it was around that time that Morgan and Anissa had discovered Slenderman. Oh. Slenderman was first created as part of a paranormal image contest on the website Something Awful. Which is basically just an online forum. You can post photos and videos. And um, there is... From what I was reading, a membership fee. So you, if you oh. pay this membership fee, you get like full access, and you can post your own things. And it's meant to be mm-hmm. for people who are being creative, and usually it's something spooky related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that era when it mm-hmm. gave rise to Slenderman, and there were so many different images of it flying around. And I was like, uh, I don't like that one bit. No, it part was of that. absolutely everywhere it was everywhere and every cur- torn oh my goodness every corner i turned there was slender man i'm very upset you see i'm stuttering <laughs> that was that's kind of the point like of yo, his, his character yeah, yeah um, that's what it sounds like <laughs> yeah and we'll we'll get more into kind of what slender man is throughout mm-hmm. um this the story here but um, this started in 2009. So it was a few years old by the time Morgan and Nisa discovered it. Okay. But Peyton was not a fan of Slender Man. Mm. <laughs> um, it very like... much scared her. <laughs> yeah. It, understandable. <laughs> um, but she, she did want to just go along with it because Morgan was really into it. And Morgan had this fantasy with it where it kind of created a divide between imaginary and real for her. Um, and Peyton's quoted saying, I was supportive because I thought that's what she liked. Yeah. And this is, this isn't necessarily super uncommon for a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. You, you see yeah. something that is fake and and we'll get into kind of the more details of how it was created to begin with. But mm-hmm. you see something and you, you want it to be real. Mm-hmm. So your imagination starts to run wild a little bit. And that was very much what Morgan was going through. Mm-hmm. And it, more than anything, I believe it was a desire to be real, mm-hmm. at least early on. Mm-hmm. So Slenderman was created by a poster who went by the name Victor Search. And he took part in a contest that was on something awful. And the goal of this contest was to create a paranormal image using Photoshop. So having a base real image, but then putting something scary in it. Okay. Okay. I think I remember one of the first, I think I remember the original one before it was like sort of, all-encompassing in the art world with, like, various depictions. I think I vaguely remember the original one. Did it not have, like, very large eyes? Um, Actually, it has no eyes. It kind of has no distinguishable features in its face. It really looks like 
you know those like green suits Mm -hmm. so like you can blend in and it's like a full head to toe suit Um, okay and it's made for like green screens it looks like one of those if you were to have that mask of that green suit on and and we'll post all of this on our, our instagram so you all can kind of see what i'm referring to but it, it basically like you had like sunken in spots for the eyes the nose stuck out slightly but there's mm-hmm. no real distinguishable eyes or nose or lips you just kind of saw the general form okay okay because i yeah i just remember it's been it's been so like um memed at this point and drawn at this point that i i definitely forgot which was the original yeah, the original in um the the images that victor surge posted it you can barely see anything at all it it in my opinion it's very well done because mm-hmm. it, it's creepy it's cool looking but mm-hmm. it was his images were young teenagers or children kind of one of he posted two initially Uh one was some teenagers looking like they're walking towards the camera and in the far background you saw the figure of slender man and it was kind of blurry it was meant to be kind of ominous and not really knowing Uh what it was and the second image were kids going down a slide and again he's in the background and again he's a little blurry so you Uh can't really see exactly what he is but he's this very tall figure. Um, he's often kind of described as Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. He, they say he's about seven feet tall. He wears a black suit. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of depictions, which I believe came a little bit later, had big tentacles coming off of his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's gone through a lot of like iterations of what Slenderman mm-hmm. is. And um, a lot of people kind of just ran with the story. Mm-hmm. But a big reason why this became so viral back in 2009 wasn't just because these pictures were creepy. It was also because the captions that Victor Serge added to mm-hmm. his, his images. Mm-hmm. One of the captions said, "Yeah, we didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and confronted us all at the same time. 1983 photographer unknown presumed dead so he's really creating this Mm. whole story from this one picture and that one sentence below it i was gonna say that's very that's pretty vivid and uh quite a narrative there it like i it's really kind of cool in my opinion but Mm -hmm. it's terrifying what happened with it but really, when you're thinking about this, I feel like it is the starts of how people create horror movies or books and yeah, start yeah. these ideas. And yeah. I, I think that's all it was meant to be. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I was going to say, I think the, da- the danger of this sort of comes with interpretation. Exactly. You know, and unfortunately, from some of the things I know they it's coming from the a 12 year old girl's mind so Mm -hmm. Um, and then the second photo captioned said 
Um, one of two recovered photographs from the Sterling Library blaze, notable for being taken the day of which 14 children vanished and what is referred to as the Slender Man, deformities cited as filmed effects by officials. Fire at a library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986 photographer Mary Thomas missing since June 13th, 1986. So again, another similar narrative. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, that was um, a little bit longer. Good for you for being able to read that whole quote and sort of like (laughs) one go. Because there's a lot there. There's a lot there, but it's, again, it's three years later than the first part of the story that he created with the first image. So he's kind of perpetuating this idea that this slender man does something. So the first one was Mm. kind of saying everyone's presumed dead. Right. Kind of implying that they don't know where those people are. And then the second one goes a little further into detail saying 14 children vanished. So -hmm. it gives you a little bit more information there. Right. Right. Which is... Again, interesting, and I think it's a, a good narrative um, in the place it is, which is a Photoshop contest of something spooky. I mm-hmm. think that's that's great. But um, yeah, the danger, I think, comes probably a little bit in the the viral nature of it, how it, it just got built on and built on and built on. and Oh, and this you know. absolutely went viral. Mm-hmm. There were video games created out of this. People were making wow. like short films and series on YouTube of of wow. all of these different stories that they expanded on these two original pictures and two captions. Okay. And that's part of how it got so widely spread with it. That's yeah, yeah. I I, I remember seeing many incarnations of it online and I didn't know that it went as far as like making making a a monster show about it or or doing you know doing uh anything bigger i thought it was just like something covered by artists a lot yeah it, it truly created its whole story i believe there's a movie which uh-huh. i didn't look this up i i i think i've attempted to watch the movie but i just didn't really get into it <laughs> Um, yeah, I think a lot of that's because I know this case so well that it kind of feels a little weird to me. Um, but I think Joey King is in it, so it's okay. Like not a nothing movie, right? Um, I just remember when this all happened. Like, I was sort of a ghoulish, morbid little teen, but. I felt like I was like, oh, I kind of aged out of the Slender Man thing. Like, I know that a lot of spooky little teens are now obsessed with it, but I think I was just a little too old. I was, I just missed it. Sort of. Yeah, me too. I heard about it a couple years after it gained popularity, um, once the video game came out. Mm, yeah, and a video game. I had no idea they did a video game. Video game. Yeah, it was, it was one of those games that was very viral for a very short period of time Mm -hmm. it was it was one of those like the a lot of people would have a friend of theirs or their partner or something play the game without telling them what it was and scare Uh them 
Oh, okay. So that was kind of the trend of it. It didn't last that long, but mm-hmm. I definitely remember that going around YouTube in like mm-hmm. 2011, 2012, I want to say, right around there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's jump back to our case. On May 30th, 2014, Peyton and Anissa were went to go celebrate Morgan's birthday. And they went to their local roller rink named Skateland. Oh. <laughs> and then they returned to Morgan's house around 9.30 p.m. The three girls are 12 years old. And I'm, I can't really say that enough. And mm. I really don't want to speak for you, Kelly. But I am sure that you've probably had many sleepovers in middle school. I know I yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And y- like, the goal is to always stay up all night long and just have mm-hmm. fun. Right. And I can tell you, for me, at least, most of the time, we were very unsuccessful at staying up. We'd usually mm-hmm. fall asleep not long after midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is exactly what Peyton, Anissa, and Morgan would do at their sleepovers all the time. Okay. So, like, when they got home, they probably didn't go right to it. Well, this night was a little different. Okay. I don't know exactly what time they went to bed, but mm-hmm. Morgan really pushed them to try to go to bed early. Okay. And th- this was kind of the first sign to Peyton that this particular sleepover was a little different than many others that the three girls have ever had. Oh, okay. The next morning, they woke up. They had some donuts for breakfast. And I even saw an article where they talked about how, and this again, is just like, they're 12 years old. Like it totally makes Mm -hmm. sense. They're 12 years old, Mm -hmm. but they crushed granola bars into silly putty and was throwing it at the walls and the ceiling. (laughs) And that's just like reading through all of this. And we'll, we'll get to it. If you haven't heard of the case, and you don't know exactly what happens. You'll be shocked. But that right there, like is they're 12. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're 12. Yeah, they're 12. They're so, so on the border of childhood, you know? Yeah. And after they're playing with their their silly putty, they played dress up. And they really let their imaginations run wild. They loved to really create new characters for themselves while playing dress up. So Mm -hmm. they live in this, like, fantasy at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then... After playing dress up and probably getting silly putty stuck to the ceiling, they decided that they wanted to head over to the park. Okay. And they went to David's Park, which was close to where Morgan lived, just a short walk away. Mm-hmm. And while on the way to the park, Peyton was walking just a few feet ahead of Morgan and Anissa. Mm-hmm. But during this walk... Morgan turned towards Anissa and wanted to show her something. Mm-hmm. What she showed her was a kitchen knife that she had with Ooh. her. Oh, I I knew a little bit about this part. And unfortunately, this was the first step in the plan that Morgan and Anissa had to sacrifice Peyton to Slenderman. Okay, so there's a lot here there's a lot i i just remember when this case was coming out i remember reading 
maybe just like the washed out sanitized version people magazine but i do remember them vaguely touching that she was to be like a victim a sacrifice to slenderman i'm what i don't know and maybe you'll teach me tonight is how did these two 12 year olds get there well we'll get there Okay, that's what I thought. I will Mm -hmm. tell you right now, um, because this is a very sad and tragic case. And if you haven't heard it before, um, I'll give you a couple things because this is a hard one. Mm -hmm. They were caught within hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of interrogation video and we really do get explanations for a lot. Okay. Very quickly. So we'll go through all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're they're starting this plan. And mm-hmm. after they get to the park, they went into the public bathroom that is there. And mm-hmm. um it's a very, very typical park bathroom. It's it's a mm-hmm. uh cinder block building, really no windows, probably really disgusting, dirty toilets. Yeah. Public yeah. park bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And while in the bathroom, Morgan suddenly tries to restrain Peyton, while Anissa attempted to hit Peyton's head against the cinder block wall. Wow. But, yeah, like, mm-hmm. scary. That is scary. And their attempt at this point was to knock Peyton out. Okay. But Morgan ended up letting go of Peyton, and understandably, Peyton is confused about what her best friends are doing uh and did she was she ever knocked unconscious no they they were not okay. successful oh. Oh, um, okay i believe oh, wow. that this wasn't a super hard hit uh-huh um this is just my speculation it, i haven't seen it very clear in articles because also understandably it took peyton five years to talk about this publicly and she was mm-hmm. still pretty limited about what she said. Mm-hmm. But the reason I believe that it potentially wasn't that hard of a hit is because Anissa convinced Peyton to go wait outside for a couple minutes. And then they'll, they'll meet up with her in just a minute. And so mm-hmm. I feel like it could have felt like rough horseplay type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that might be why Peyton didn't immediately like check out of there. But also, right. she's twelve. Right. Okay. She's yeah, 12. and also, even if it wasn't a small hit, you just have had your head hit on Cinderbox, so and you're only twelve, so maybe you're a little disoriented. Hmm. And Morgan and Anissa have come out and said, like, in this moment, they kind of got cold feet, which is also mm-hmm. another reason why I don't think the the hit would have been that hard to her mm-hmm. head is because they both just kind of like. The moment it started, they both kind of just panicked. Mm-hmm. And so Peyton leaves the bathroom and Anissa confronts Morgan. And at this point, Morgan is kind of pacing around the bathroom and kind of singing and humming to herself. Mm. And Anissa also says that Morgan often kind of compared herself and kind of considered herself to be like a cat. 
And one thing that kind of came with this was Anissa, to soothe her down, would actually, like, pet her. And that would help calm her down. So at this point, they need to come up with a new plan if they want to follow through with this sacrifice. Right, right. So Anissa comes up with the idea to play hide-and-seek in the woods, which is at the edge of the park. Mm -hmm. And as we were just kind of saying, like, I know a lot of people wonder why Peyton just didn't immediately ditch her friends. But again, I I, I can't say that it's enough. She's 12. She's also an unbelievably kind-hearted person. Mm -hmm. And since I don't think this attack was too rough, that it, it it can kind of be considered horseplay. I'm sure it did scare Peyton, and it probably did hurt at least a little bit, but mm. not enough for her to really question the attentions of these two people who are supposed to be her friends. Yeah. And she didn't feel like her safety was at risk at this time. Absolutely. She thought they were her two best friends. She should have felt yeah. utterly safe. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the three girls go off into this wooded area to play hide-and-seek. Initially, Morgan was the seeker while Peyton and Anissa were hiding. And at this point, Anissa attacks Peyton. But she wasn't able to hold her down because Peyton was, was moving too much. And during this attempt, Morgan actually passed Anissa the knife. But Anissa immediately handed it back to Morgan. At this point, they really couldn't decide who should wield the knife because neither one really wanted to. But Morgan mm-hmm. kept a hold of it at this point. Mm-hmm. And really, this should be your time to stop. <laughs> like, yes. This, it should have never gotten this far. But if you can't determine who's going to wield the knife Over- because neither of you yeah. want to, then neither of you should. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. This would be a perfect time to call it quits on the plan instead of make a there, new plan. But I mean, yeah, I don't want to. There's excuse- a lot more at play here. Like there's other things going on that we'll discuss later. Um, mm. A lot of stuff having to do with mental health. Yeah. So that's I, obviously I a imagine. part of it. Yeah, I imagine so. Because it does seem like if you had gotten to the point where you wanted to sacrifice somebody to any thing or anyone it it just seems like now's the point to back out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you and i can sit here and talk and say like this is when you should put down the knife but neither Mm. one of us are going through these sort of mental issues that these two girls were going through at the time right because they're so it's like they're only want to say put it down exactly and they're they're children but we can Um, say like put it down shouldn't be doing this but their mindset is so incredibly different than ours Mm -hmm. so with morgan having the knife again anissa turns her back and starts to walk away she walked about five feet and then she said out loud quote kitty now go ballistic go crazy. Morgan responded saying, don't be afraid. I'm only a little kitty cat. She pushed Peyton and then began to stab her. 
She stabbed her a total of 19 times. Oh, see, that's the thing. I knew it was multiple stab injuries in this case, but it's so many. It's It's so many. So many. And this wasn't a very large knife. They they classified it as a kitchen oh. knife, but I've seen it described as like a vegetable knife or a steak knife. I'm not entirely oh. sure if it was serrated or not, uh-huh. um, but y- you can imagine that being maybe four to five inches long. Like it's it's very very deadly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Rig- Rigby is attacking you. <laughs> speaking of kitty cat but speaking Stop of it. kitty cat i wanted I to talk about He's that like, like trying to bite me right now <laughs> uh, oh. i know she said go ballistic go crazy what he's doing oh my god stop it no oh i so yeah that <laughs> phrase like go ballistic go crazy like oh i I, that just gives me, it creeps, it, it very much it creeps me out because it's like another sort of nickname. And it is. Because she another, referred to herself as a cat. Like, yeah. That's really what they were doing. Yeah. And it's like, I both struggle and sympathize with this weird mindset because they're children. Mm-hmm. But, I don't think it excuses 19 stab wounds. No, I agree. Peyton had wounds to her arms, legs, and torso. Wow. And while being stabbed, she was able to yell out, I hate you, and I trusted you. Oh, that is terrible. Because like you said before... Like we said before, these were two girls who were her best friends. She should have felt utterly safe. Mm -hmm. And she did. She trusted them with their safety. And absolutely. You shouldn't even have to question it. You shouldn't. No. no. And I, I can't imagine that kind of such vicious betrayal. When you yeah, and someone. Peyton didn't ever question it. Like, there weren't, we'll get to kind of some potential signs, but overall, mm-hmm. this came as a shock to everyone. Mm-hmm. But after Morgan had finished stabbing Peyton 19 times, Peyton tried to stand up. Wow, that's incredible. We'll get to more of what Peyton does. She is such a strong young woman. It's truly incredible. Mm -hmm. But when she tries to stand up, she's, she's not, she's like falling over. It's hard for her, obviously. Mm -hmm. And Anissa grabbed Peyton's arm and guided her further into the woods and told her to lie down and be quiet. And Morgan also made a, a feeble attempt to try to cover her stab wounds that oh. she inflicted on her own friend by putting some leaves over them. Oh, no. 
No, see, I, okay. So I understand that there's potentially some remorse here, but just coming from a wound care standpoint, you could be potentially making this even worse. Like she could already be, I'm just thinking about 19 times and to the uh, arms, legs, torso, like the bleeding must have been already so incredibly traumatic. And then you're just sort of rubbing forest dirt into the wounds that you created. I don't think that they had the mindset to understand how additionally harmful that is. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so either. I think, I think at this point they're both very limited in their ability to respond to this situation because it really did just happen and they might still be in like fight or flight or, or still undergoing some, a traumatic mental health issue. I'm not sure. Um, but but so, yeah, I don't believe they were able to understand that that would maybe make things worse. Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't think they had any inclination that that's even more harmful, potentially, in the end. Mm-hmm. But after they finished and left their friend to die in the woods, wow. They went off to the local Walmart so that they could clean up in the bathrooms. And they continued to walk around Waukesha casually. They they went wow. to a furniture store. There was uh this I'm not sure if it was a new furniture store or they're just doing a promotion or something, but they were handing out lemonade outside the store. They went and hung out there for a little while. Wow. And while walking around, they were even singing songs to each other. And while they're doing this, Peyton is fighting for her life. And I, I, I really mean fighting. She found the strength to crawl towards the, the road where a cyclist found her. Oh, see, I knew we were, I knew we were talking about like, uh, a survival story. So, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's. That's incredible. Like, and, and also like what, what great, what great kismet. I keep saying that word, but what great kismet that this man, this cyclist was going down that road at that time. Exactly. And that she just had the strength. Like, they, I don't know make, how far the it. road was from where she was stabbed. But any distance is... Yeah, I was... Yeah. You're right. You're right. Because, yeah, I I was going to say, like, do we know? But either way, it doesn't really matter because she already had 19 stab wounds, probably probably incredibly traumatic stab wounds, and probably probably an insane amount of bleeding. Um, So it's There were multiple stab wounds that came close to major arteries that, like, barely missed. Wow. Any of those that were slightly off to the side a little bit would have killed her. Wow. Wow. Because, yeah, any amount of dragging your body that long while you're losing that amount of blood is remarkable. Yes. And so the cyclist obviously called the police and got her medical care that she desperately needed. And 
while she's in the hospital being prepared for surgery and before the anesthesia officially took effect, the police asked Peyton who did this to her. And Peyton was able to tell them that this was her friends. Wow. Wow. And like to have her to have her faculties about her still when mm-hmm. when she's being prepped for surgery. You like, know? I'm I'm reading through all of this and I'm honestly thinking like this sounds like a lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. Like a this little. sounds truly scripted. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's so unbelievably tragic, but yeah. there's yeah. so much hope in everything that Peyton did. Right. So after Peyton was found and able to tell investigators who tried to kill her, police were immediately on the lookout for the other two 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. That afternoon, they were found sitting in the grass not far from the interstate, and they were immediately taken into custody. Okay. And obviously that is all heart-wrenching. But this yeah. investigation gets more heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of interrogation videos. Mm-hmm. And both Morgan and Anissa did immediately admit to the attack. Mm-hmm. And it was also clear that both girls just didn't fully understand the impact of what they did. Yeah, I I remember thinking that because I I just remember it was very quickly sort of tied up in a bow that they had confessed. And I was like, wow, I remember thinking, I don't know if they're old enough, they're old enough to understand the the implications of Mm -hmm. everything they've just admitted to. Anissa had asked the investigator who was interviewing her if she was able to go back to school because she was worried about her attendance since she hadn't missed a day of school since the third grade. Wow. Yeah. So. Like, she just doesn't understand. Yeah, I was going to say, so she definitely doesn't understand. And whether that comes from these girls both being so young or because like we've talked about a couple times, if there's some sort of undiagnosed mental health issue happening here. It, it's definitely I'm both, sure. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So during these initial interviews, Morgan and Nisa fully explained their plans. Okay. And it, it really is more shocking than we could have thought. And I remember all of this happening when it came out. I had been in chicago for about a year and a half after leaving wisconsin and Mm -hmm. i was familiar with slender man and the lore Mm -hmm. and it just was hard to believe Mm -hmm. and because they're they're so young they're so young and i that's really what it kind of came down to is they're so young they're impressionable because of their age Right. Right. And then to kind of have those factors, but then think these two young girls made a fully fleshed out plan to murder their best friend. 
Oh God, yeah, that is so like. I'm sure you'll you'll tell me more about the investigation, but like I said, this is some of the some of the stuff that I didn't get too deep into. I sort of just saw, you know, that they had they had confessed to stabbing their friend in like a ritualistic manner towards Slender Man. I don't really know much else about what they set out to do. So obviously with Peyton being their sacrifice, they had then intended to walk to the Nicolay National Forest, which is about 300 miles away in northern Wisconsin. They wanted to go there because that's where Slenderman's mansion was. So after they sacrificed Peyton, they were going to go live with Slenderman in his mansion. Okay, this sounds like something a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. it's uh, like because 300 miles you thought you were going to walk 300 miles and yeah. then also they didn't even make any moves like similar to this plan they they didn't even walk they just walked to go get like snacks and they sang and they left their friend to die uh, they did pack a couple bags um, but there was they? really nothing okay beneficial for them they did have a couple granola bars and some water um Uh but really nothing else for a 300 mile walk right right but they believed that they were slender man's proxies and by committing ritual sacrifice he would protect them after completing it Mm. i i I, the thing is, like, I just don't, I, I I know we can't really understand because it's coming from the mind of a 12-year-old, and, mm-hmm. but I just, I, I don't understand, like, a ritual sacrifice is some, some deep, dark stuff that you're talking about. At 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's, uh, and there's actually... Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, there's actual people involved here. There's your, your purported best friend is involved here, and you're, you're thinking she'll be a good sacrifice? Yeah. That's so grim. Uh, New York Magazine did a, a really fantastic article on this that gave a lot of insight as at least as much as we could potentially understand to these girls mindset. Mm-hmm. But they refer to Anissa's explanation of her actions during this like interview and interrogation as if she was presenting a, a book report. And I, wow. I, I think that's a very good explanation after watching the interrogations. Cause you, you can go watch these. I've, I've watched them all. Um, there's a little more in her um, interrogation that we'll talk about Um, Mm -hmm. but both girls really gave very similar stories but at the same time their interrogations were very different from each other Mm -hmm. Anissa was detailed and this is kind of where the, the book report idea comes in 
She very Uh much stayed on track with all of her questioning. And she admitted that after stabbing Peyton, she realized that Slenderman actually isn't real. And she was showing remorse at this time. She said that she didn't, but, but she was feeling remorse, but she didn't really show that she had the fully, she had fully grasped the severity of her actions. Mm -hmm. And I believe that once she heard that Peyton survived, she thought that the punishment would potentially be pretty minor and she'd be able to go back to living her life. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, uh, I don't know how, how Peyton's family was going to see that. Not good. Yeah, I'll tell I think, you that. Not good. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. And Morgan's interrogation, on the other hand, was a bit more combative. Ooh. Well, Anissa's body language was very kind of hunched, which showed the signs of the remorse. She kind of curled up in herself a little bit more. Morgan was sitting shoulder straight. She spent a lot of times looking towards the camera in the interrogation room and that new york magazine article made a point in saying how the investigators react to having a camera in the room obviously they're used to this it is their job they know it needs to all be recorded but they very purposely try not to draw any attention towards that camera Uh but morgan just kept looking at it I think I remember when this was all going down, I remember seeing a still of her doing that. It was mm-hmm. it was accompanying one of the articles. And I remember thinking, like, something's not right here. Yeah, and she was she moved right. around. Yeah, she she constantly like moved around a lot. She was wearing um prison clothes. It was mm-hmm. really just very much looked like scrubs. But they uh-huh. were they were huge on these girls because they're they're yeah. adult sizes. Uh-huh. They're not prepared for children's sizes. Oh wow! Okay. And so at times Morgan she was being really fidgety. She like pulled her arms into her shirt, and at times she was actually ducking her head into her shirt. Uh-huh. Um, a very di- different atmosphere than Nisa's interrogation. Yeah, yeah, it sure sounds that way. And it's it's another thing that kind of tracks for me in that I'm leaning a little toward a little towards more like little girl intentions with Anissa and a little uh-huh. more like men- undiagnosed mental health issues with Morgan, but also being a twelve year old. Mm-hmm. That's kinda And I couldn't that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Yeah, I I definitely felt the same way when I was first hearing about all of this. Mm -hmm. And I never really saw reports of Anissa's kind of education level. They were all in the sixth grade, but Mm -hmm. it was reported that Morgan had a a really high IQ for her age. Oh. And I think that's also kind of displaying here because often a higher IQ in combination with mental illness, this is behavior that isn't 
necessarily abnormal in that situation. Mm-hmm. And when investigators were asking their questions, a, a very, very common tactic is to ask the same or similar questions to ensure that they're being told the truth and that the answers are consistent with each other. Mm-hmm. Morgan caught on to this line of questioning and she actually called out the investigator saying that she has the right not to go into any detail if she didn't want to. Wow. I mean, precocious, but also not, not alive. She, I mean, it's a little telling. It's a little calculated of a statement. I think that's where her intelligence comes in. She, she yeah. does know this, at least on some level. Right, right. So Anissa told investigators that she introduced Morgan to Slenderman in October before the murder. Mm-hmm. Excuse, October before the attack. Uh-huh. And then by December or January, they had started to plan out Peyton's murder. Okay. So hold, hold one moment for me. Could you remind me again when the attack happens? May 31st. Okay, so... So it's five, six months of planning. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to make sure I had that right. (laughs) No, it was a long time. It was a long time. It was a long time. time. Yeah. And Slenderman, it's considered a creepypasta. That's kind of just a common Mm -hmm. name for it. And Mm -hmm. for those who might not know, creepypasta is meant to be fictional but meant to Mm -hmm. scare you Mm -hmm. and with Slenderman images being created in a contest that was stated create a scary fictional image using photoshop but Morgan and Anissa believed this was real they really thought they were going to walk to the Nicolay forest and live in his mansion after murdering Pete Wow. Was there any, like, was there any connection at all from, like, the man who did this to Wisconsin? Or did none. these young girls Absolutely just, okay, none. okay, okay, so they just He's sort not of related. made He just up. created the image for okay. a fictional contest. That's it. And they, they just sort of made up that his mansion was going to be in Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know exactly where that came from. Okay, yeah, um, that's what I was wondering. I was like, where did the was, where did the angle of like this fictional character also has a mansion, but it's three hundred miles away, still in state, three hundred miles away. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not sure. There was as we mentioned earlier, there were so many like spin-offs of Slender Man mm-hmm. created by people that it's entirely possible that they read that on some forum that someone mm-hmm. posted. But yeah. a lot of the stuff that was presented was kind of, they, they refer to it as new encounters. So they made these short mm-hmm. movies and video games and all of this stuff. And a lot of the stuff that was coming out were kind of like found footage. Mm. Kind of like mm-hmm. Blair Witch Project. Okay. Okay. I see. I see that. Like, I, I think that that has value and someone created something meant to be spooky again and maybe 
However, maybe it muddied the waters for it, for these girls. Yeah, well, if if any of you remember when the Blair Witch Project came out, it was presented and marketed like a real event and real found footage. I remember that. I remember Blair like the Witch. website, everything. Yes. It was yeah. truly marketed to say this was real, this was found. And that was yeah. that, all it was was a marketing scheme. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I remember at the very beginning of Blair Witch, it's one of those first ones to be like based on a true story, right? Yeah. And if you go back and actually like look at how they did it, it's kind of genius. It really is. Mm-hmm. No one can kind of replicate that now because. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah, hard to know, yeah. create that yeah. sensation but yeah. it was believed for a good amount of time that the Blair Witch Project was absolutely real because I of remember, their mind. I remember that era <laughs> there was a real time a real time in a real place gather around um, youths there was a real time in a real place where we all believe that the Blair Witch Project was real. And if we went into the woods, we might get abducted by, like, I don't know, Satanists. Uh, yeah, we were pretty young when it came out. And I remember, I yeah. like, we've talked about this a lot. I love scary movies. I grew up watching scary movies. But that was one that my parents were like, no, please don't watch this one. We live in the middle of the woods. That one will scare you. <laughs> right, right. They're like, we don't have time for you to be afraid of the backyard. But I remember, yeah, yeah, was like, exactly. My backyard. There, there was an era where, like, my family lives, uh, sort of near the woods as well, and it was when I was quite young. But there, maybe it was just because I was quite young, but also a little fueled by Blair Witch that I was not allowed to go into the woods behind my house because who knows what could be back there, you know? See, we used and to then, play in the woods. Like what these girls did. Let's go for a walk to the park. Let's play in the woods. Right, that was right, right, right. totally my childhood. Oh yeah, we totally did. Yeah, we totally did that as well. Just a lot of sort of running about. I remember in our elementary school, there was not even a fence around our playground. Oh yeah, and not so many of us woods behind no. ours. It was just the yeah, so big, was ours. vast yeah. forest behind ours. Exactly, and we used to just run in and out of the tree line. And then when I went back there, maybe oh gosh, it was years and years after I was out of that school, and they finally had the fence, and I was like, oh, oh my god, they walled off. All the woods. Yeah. I was like, they walled oh, up all the woods. Back this home, place. I should drive by mine and see if they yeah. have kids now. <laughs> I was like, they walled off the whole tree line. This place is a prison. How are these kids supposed to know how to go oh, play funny. in the woods? But yeah, there was a time when Blair Wish was real. So we all had to really be careful about the woods. <laughs> and then, of course, yeah, it was just marketing. It, it was all it was was marketing. But I think, stunt. obviously, yeah. because these girls. They, I'm not sure if they were even alive when Blair Witch came out. I don't know exactly oh, when no, that came out. I, but no, they couldn't have been. That was 90s. Yeah, but, I was going to um, say. I think that they're too young. But so they, they don't, they didn't obviously know that. They are seeing these things online that are mm-hmm. being presented as quote unquote real mm-hmm. and found footage. Right. That they, they bought into it. They believed it. Mm hmm. And now let's get to some of the lore of Slenderman and what he does. He, as we know from those original captions, he's a child abductor. 
Yeah. And he lingers in the shadows and observes people. Mm. And some say that he drags his victims into the forest, disembowels them. Mm. And there's there's kind of no like reasoning for that. It just says no. that's what he does. Um No, I don't I don't like any part of this. <laughs> I know some <laughs> of it and I'm learning more of it right now and I'm like I don't I don't like I don't want no parts of it. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's not good. Um, and then supposedly if you spend too much time near him, you get what is called, quote, slender sickness. And this is where you become violently ill and you start coughing up blood. Jeez. And you feel the need to start scribbling and drawing and writing about Slender Man and these very chaotic types of drawings and writings. Wow, that is so. I'm sorry. I keep you only get to you only get to get out like two sentences before I'm like wait <laughs> because everything is just there's so much. So that's only like a tiny become, bit of it. Like that's just exactly. scratching the surface. You become violently ill and begin to cough up blood. Uh, so mm-hmm. I I don't know, and maybe you'll get there, but. Did they think they were, did they just write all of this off, this planning off as quote unquote slender sickness of them? Of like um, writing and scribbling and drawing no. and planning? No. Technically, okay. no. But when the girls were obviously apprehended, um, mm-hmm. investigators checked out their bedrooms and their belongings and, and all sorts of their their stuff just to kind of get a sense of what was happening here Mm -hmm. and anissa said that morgan was the one who truly started to become obsessed with slender man and in her bedroom investigators found drawings of slender man that she created they found Mm -hmm. writings and like scribbles and a lot of these drawings and writings had a symbol on it that is a circle with an X over it. And supposedly, this is either supposed to protect her from Slenderman or to draw him closer. So I, um, I don't know which one it is, but yeah. that's, that's how it's widely reported is that symbol is to do either one. And that symbol was was documented in like many of her drawings. Yes. Okay. Oh. And I've seen some so, of these drawings. They are very chaotic, uh-huh. scribbling. Like, manic. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it feels, I mean, to hear you describe it, it feels like it has a bit of a manic energy to mm-hmm. it. And I think it was partially, like, it was, I, I think manic is, is correct. But I do think a lot of it wasn't necessarily part of a manic episode. I think that was the style that all of the stories influenced. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, how you hear yeah. a lot of people talk about it is this is what happens during slender sickness. And right. so whether it was her own like choice of, yes, I'm going to do this like slender sickness, or if it was part of some sort of episode she was having, I'm not entirely sure. But uh-huh. they might also go hand in hand with each other. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's there. You're highly suggestible. And if she knew, if she, if she had heard that, yeah, the style of doing things would bring her close, bring her closer to him. And that would potentially be beneficial. I can see why she was maybe doing it in that style. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking. mm -hmm. And Anissa also says that it was Morgan who suggested that they kill Peyton. And Anissa Mm -hmm. says that she didn't like this idea and she didn't initially want to be a part of it, but Morgan had persuaded her and changed her mind. Anissa says, quote, I didn't want to leave Morgan all by herself out there because I thought of it because I thought it would be cool to prove the skeptics wrong. And to anyone listening right now, um, if you have to murder someone to prove skeptics wrong, please just don't. And I know we're talking a lot about mental illness here and what could be involved in this decision making. but just that statement if if it's to prove somebody wrong it's not worth it that statement is wild to me that it's coming out of a 12 year old and there were a lot of times i'm reading these quotes and they they sound very intelligent in some of their quotes but then you Mm -hmm. remember they're 12 and they're clearly greatly influenced by all of this yeah and it's wild that she said she didn't want to leave Morgan all by herself out there. And yet she is part of an attack with 19 stab wounds and they leave Peyton all by herself out there alone yeah. to die. Mm-hmm. But it's, also think of it this way in, in their mindset, as, especially as 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. Anissa and Peyton weren't the good friends in the group. They weren't mm. the biggest fans of each other. They both cared about Morgan. So mm-hmm. her connection to Morgan, not wanting to leave Morgan out there is a very different feeling to leaving Peyton out there. Cause they didn't have the same mm-hmm. relationship. Okay. So, but Morgan on the other hand said that Anissa was the one who created the plan to sacrifice Peyton. Morgan said, quote, she made it seem necessary, and I figured if it was necessary, then I would. So she's just basically saying the same thing that Anissa said, but the other way around. Right. And while there wasn't much found in Anissa's bedroom regarding Slender Man as there was to Morgan, a big part of this argument was that Anissa is the one who introduced Morgan to Slender Man. Yeah, I keep trying to remember that in my head. Like, this is how she ended up uh, having the. This is how the seed was planted. Mm hmm. The, yeah. And they also both told investigators that this was essentially their third attempt to kill Peyton. What? Yeah. So the reason they wanted to go to bed early the night before was because (sighs) they wanted Peyton to go to sleep while the two of them stayed up and then killed her. Uh, But they were uh, too tired to stay up to kill her. 
because they had so much fun at the roller rink that they were too tuckered out and fell asleep. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, and then there was the attempt in the bathroom that we already talked about, and then their final mm-hmm. attack in the woods. So they, they had three attempts at this. Wow. Oh, God. This poor, poor middle school girl, Peyton. Um, Sixth grade. I'm so I was going to say, I'm referring, yeah, to Peyton right now, because she, this poor girl is, again, just truly trusting. Mm-hmm. Truly trusting. And, and she has no reason not to be. Like, yeah. until now, she had no reason not to trust her friends. Right, right, right. She would never, it would never come to your mind that you're like, oh, maybe my two best friends are secretly colluding to murder me. Yeah, there were times that Peyton, obviously after all of this, but she had said that she was, she was definitely drawing away from Morgan. And she mm-hmm. felt like that was because of Morgan's relationship with Anissa. Mm-hmm. And that, like, she was, she had other friends and she, she was definitely pulling away from her more, but that's still your, your childhood best friend. Right. And right. They're uh, very understandably, even though she wasn't the biggest fan of Anissa, she cared about Morgan and she mm-hmm. trusted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after they stabbed, after they stabbed Peyton and before the police found them, Morgan says that she was, quote, surprisingly calm and that she felt nothing. Mm. Mm. But, yeah. Mm, and Anissa, like she said she started to panic. And she said, quote, I had a total nervous breakdown and I blamed Morgan for everything. I said, Ugh. you stabbed her. You wanted this. Morgan is not one to cry very often. Finally, she started to let go and started crying. So Anissa's really processing this at this point. Right. Right. It seems like she knows something. She did something wrong. And maybe Morgan doesn't necessarily know that until she starts breaking her down like this. Like, you stabbed her. You were the one. Like, she's pointing the finger, you know? Yes. and. I, I have a couple theories on this that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. But before that point, Pete, uh, Morgan clearly says she felt nothing after stabbing yeah. her friend 19 times. That is, that is so concerning. Like, oh. And then Anissa says that Morgan told her that she essentially had a, a confession to make and that she had a side deal with slender man she said that she was speaking to him telepathically and they made a deal that if they failed to kill peyton slender man would come and kill both of their families wow so this um... obviously set anisa off to panic more yeah yeah i there's a lot there again to unpack um yeah but 
more important. The most important part is your. We have a, another two 12 year olds who think that their families are going to be murdered. They're probably not reacting in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. So both girls were charged with first degree murder as adults. There were attempts to charge them as juveniles, but the court determined that the severity of their crime warranted adult charges. And both girls were determined to be mentally fit to stand trial, but both girls would plead guilty to an insanity defense. They would Uh would plead guilty with an insanity defense. Uh And they were tried separately. Oh, I just, um, that, that seems right to me. And this I, you know, it gets a little dicey when you think about when do we charge as an adult and when do we charge as a juvenile? But I think, yeah, I think the severity of the crime warrants it. Uh, 19 stab wounds. I mean, we say this often, maybe on air and maybe more off air we've talked about it with these multiple stabbings cases, just sit there with yourself for a minute and count from one to 19. And for every moment you counted was a stab wound to this girl's body. And you have to think about it in that aspect as well of there's one person stabbing physically doing Mm -hmm. the motion while the other Mm -hmm. girl is standing behind and watching. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It warrants an insanity defense. I mean, I think that I think that if I were the defense team, that would be the first place I would go as well. Because yes. because while they were determined fit, it's good that they were determined fit to stand trial. But I I do think there's some merit here to an insanity defense. Yeah, and, and they were tried separately. Anissa mm-hmm. was able to take a plea, and she was sentenced mm-hmm. to 25 years in a mental health facility for attempted second-degree intentional homicide, since it was actually Morgan who's the one who stabbed Peyton. So she was able uh-huh. to bring it down to second degree. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think the the punishment... I mean, I don't know... How much I feel about the charges. I think maybe she should have had to plead guilty to the first degree and then get her 25 years in the mental health facility. But well, just I'm not just I'm just not at the negotiating that table. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. It, I, I don't want to say what's coming up is necessarily a bad thing because I am not one to make that distinction. But we'll we'll get to mm-hmm. that in just a moment. Okay. So Morgan's trial was a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. She pled guilty to attempted first degree intentional homicide. So that that first charge stuck for her. Mm-hmm. And she was reviewed by multiple mental health professionals. And they had some conflicting opinions. Mm-hmm. They all did believe that Morgan suffers from mental illness. And that is at least partially to blame for her actions. Mm -hmm. 
But what they disagreed on is the severity of her illness and whether she was potentially faking some of her symptoms for some potential leniency. Okay. So her, her defense team brought forward experts saying that Morgan suffered from schizophrenia, schizophrenia and psychotic spectrum disorder, which attributed to her actions and the fact that she was telepathically talking with Slenderman and the fact mm-hmm. that she truly believed this was real and this this fantasy and this lore actually had some substantial facts behind it and that she could actually go to the Nicolay Forest and, and live in his mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was gonna say with what the with what they got from the interrogations alone, you could put forth that she was suffering from schizophrenia. It's you know, of course, we we all mostly know that one of the most common thing symptoms of schizophrenia is um hallucinations and this lore kind of i imagine would create and trigger some kind of delusion in someone who is i think they uh, fed that for sure i think yeah yeah i think it feeds into that it is pretty rare to be diagnosed that young um that was something that was really I think that's what created a lot of the debate during her trial was it's not common to be diagnosed at that age. And I didn't put it in my notes here, but, and I actually, I didn't rewatch it for doing this script, but I have watched, there's a documentary on HBO about this case. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I do remember in that documentary, her father was also diagnosed with schizophrenia. He was older. Okay. But, Obviously, that has the ability to be genetic and clearly has impacted Morgan. Right, right. Because I know that it's common, from from my understanding, to be diagnosed with schizophrenia sort of when you're entering early adulthood. Yeah, late teens, early 20s is very common. Yeah, 20s, yeah. Um, I've also heard that it can be diagnosed... When there's major life changes, which impacts mm-hmm. your mental state. Um, okay. Okay. So it's like and maybe maybe it was like early onset of puberty that triggered this, and that's why some of the be. medical professionals went for it, and that's why some what didn't. I heard, I'm not sure. In relation to that, like my from just what I know, which is not a lot, I haven't gone deep into this research. But from what I've heard, that's mainly in people who are older. Like they've mm. they've kind of lived with this for a lot of their life, but it went undiagnosed because it wasn't apparent. Mm. But mm. it it can get worse if you go through a major life change as right. when you're older. Right. But that doesn't mean that exactly what you said couldn't be correct. I just honestly don't know. Right. Right. But in the end. Morgan was sentenced to 40 years in a mental health facility. Okay. Okay. I, I don't disagree that they were both sent to mental health facilities. I don't either. I, I, I think that was absolutely the right call. I, yeah, I think that's the move because just 
with their ages and with all of these strange factors in the case, I don't disagree because I know that mental health facility jails are still, I think, different than normal mental health facilities. They are. And I actually do know where they are. Um, and I, I don't know mm. if they're both in the same one. I know minimally Morgan is there, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's mm-hmm. Winnebago Correctional Facility, which is a mental uh-huh. health facility. And I've actually, right. I've known people who have worked there. I've also mm-hmm. known a couple different people who have been there before as patients. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've heard great things and I've heard terrible things. I, 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 it's kind oh, of one of those things. Yeah. Like, it's a place where you don't want to be, but... Right. Um, I, I've kind of heard both sides of it. And I don't want to go into details. There's a lot of privacy that I, I don't even want to get, come close to with people I know. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've, I've heard very good and very bad things. And I, I, I right. think that really just depends on what side of it you're on and what you're dealing with at that time. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, we know that it's just, it's absolutely different from a, a regular mental health facility. Yes. Um, so I do think it's right. It's also very were... different than a, a prison. Like, they're yeah. all, all are very different. Mm-hmm. In 2021, Anissa and her lawyers asked for a conditional release. Mm. The conditions were that Anissa had to be reviewed by three separate doctors to evaluate her mental health and determine if she was a risk to herself or others if she was released. And it was determined that Anissa was mentally stable and she has since been released. Wow. So, and that's so, why, like I was saying is like, yes, like I was kind of alluding to before when you were talking about her sentencing, she has been released and, and I think the call of having three separate doctors all evaluate her, it was really important in this. Right. Right. Do you know, I'm sorry, I can't math and math is hard. How many years is that she actually did? I think she, they she were officially sentenced in 2017. Okay. So it was really only a few years. Wow. Yeah. She, she was in been that long. Yeah, but also think like, about it. They were in 2014. They were 12. By mm-hmm. the time she was released, she was 20. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot that, of. There's so much time in there at that age. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot. So yeah, she probably showed not only to the. She probably showed each of these three separate doctors all the work she had done on herself this entire time at these Mm -hmm. pivotal years you know exactly and i I think that she had a fantastic record while in winnebago she -hmm. completed her ged she wanted to go to college um Mm -hmm. so she you it was clear that she had worked on herself I was pretty mm-hmm. shocked when I read that news that she was applying uh-huh. for a release and then received yeah. it. But yeah. I think given what they required of her for that release, I don't necessarily disagree with it. 
Yeah, I just because she 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 did kind of instigate the attack, but she did not stab her. I honestly but am also, not sure if she instigated the attack. I think she instigated Okay, you think that could Morgan be... to Slenderman, but Morgan ran with it. Oh, I was referring to when she yelled at her, like, get her kitty, go berserk. Oh, yeah, I, I think that is partially peer pressure in addition to mental illness with that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Re- earlier you mentioned um, the surprisingly calm attitude that Morgan had after stabbing Peyton and then starting to cry after Anissa kind of pushed her and blamed mm. her. Mm. I think that that potentially could go towards what we were talking about during Morgan's trial. And mm-hmm. some doctors thinking that she potentially was faking some of her symptoms. Mm-hmm. I think if that's the case, that she was faking some of her symptoms, and honestly, I don't know, and I, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't want to say yes or no if she did or didn't, but right. if right. she did, I think that moment could have been part of that. Mm-hmm. Because being yeah. surprisingly calm, and mm-hmm. then feeling nothing, feeling nothing, feeling nothing, being blamed for it, but then. Going and getting some lemonade at a furniture store and hanging out yeah. in the grass. Yeah, that's some that's some dissonance. And so I could be totally wrong. That's just kind of my thought. Yeah. Yeah. But Morgan also filed a petition to be released. But this mm-hmm. last August, she withdrew her request. And her lawyers say that she will file it again next year. Hmm. So I, I'm assuming it's another conditional release that they're applying for. There wasn't mm-hmm. a whole lot of information about it because it, it never went any further than filing it before they yeah. withdrew it. Oh, okay. I but, just wonder, yeah, maybe maybe they just didn't have like the breadth of evidence that like Anissa did to prove it and they just needed time to gather that i'm not sure yeah when i was reading about this like when it first happened there was a lot of talk about how people believe that like okay anisa did not seem to have as severe mental health issues at that time than morgan did which Mm kind of came through through the trial and the the more complicated trial that Morgan had Mm -hmm. that Anissa would more likely be one to be released early over Morgan. Mm -hmm. So I am Mm -hmm. curious if they withdrew her request because Anissa had just gotten released and that conversation Mm -hmm. was all over the media that maybe they wanted to put a little distance between the release and then Morgan's attempt that's yeah. just that's again my own theory, my own thought. But uh, a lot no, of the I articles were like, "Okay, Anissa, we can understand her potential release." Morgan, no, is kind of how everything was worded. Yeah, I I see why you would think that, and I think that that's well concluded because 
you know, you don't want her to be in the media spotlight and she did get the shorter sentence and you maybe want to do it more quietly because Morgan did have the longer sentence, but they do want to try and get her out. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Um, That's obviously going to be closer to a year from now that we Mm -hmm. would potentially see that um, release even just filed that request for a release. Um, Mm -hmm. But even with, with all of the coverage that we've seen in this case, even though, like you, you're saying, you don't know all the details, but you, you know the case. You're familiar with it. Um, mm-hmm. it this shocked our country. Two 12 year old mm-hmm. girls attempting to murder their best friend by stabbing her 19 times. And some people still do believe that Slender Man is real. And I honestly don't want to blast out the website everywhere where I found this because it was, it was just an online forum. Um, cause I don't want to draw attention to this, this commenter, um, mm-hmm. and where people could kind of lash back at them. Mm-hmm. Cause there were already a couple mm-hmm. comments that I didn't like when I was seeing it to their response. Um, mm-hmm. but someone commented that in, commented this in 2021, two years ago, that Victor Surge, who was the one who created the images to begin with for the that contest mm-hmm. that he was not being fully honest about how he came up with the idea of Slenderman. They say that he was holding back information and that this wasn't just a figment of his imagination. They continue to say that they believe that he actually did have an encounter with Slenderman and that he had chosen to replicate his experience for this contest. Then they go on to say that they're they're unsure if he created this image from exactly this experience, um, or if it was kind of a, a distant memory, and he convinced himself it was figments of his imagination, although it was technically real, or if he just didn't want to be- have people believe that he was crazy, so he said it was fake. So um, this commenter is really kind of coming after the creator, saying that like you're not telling the truth. We, I think you experienced this in real life, whether you realize it or you didn't. I yeah, I was gonna say wild to put so many words in someone else's mouth. You know, yes, that's a lot. It's a lot of words you just put into his mouth. Like, you can't trust your own imagination. You don't know what's yeah. going on. You just created it. <laughs> yeah, and this commenter went on to say that they personally had an experience with Slender Man back in 2007, two years before the Photoshop contest. So, I don't know about that, but they also say that their mother, quote, mysteriously died. Not far from Waukesha, where Morgan and Anissa attempted to murder Peyton. I don't know the connection here. They just put that in their comment. This is this has got like Bigfoot energy. <laughs> yes, to me. Like, they, yeah. Oh, I saw it. No, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He, it's real. I saw it two years before he even drew it. <laughs> yeah. And then they concluded their comment by saying no one should ever attempt to summon Slenderman. And they say, quote, I get people think that this is just a game. 
trust me when I say you're playing with something you don't understand and you want no part of it. Okay, so... so I don't disagree with this man, <laughs> like, in this case particularly, because it it can turn into something that you don't understand and want no part of if you're 12 years old, but it makes me wonder if this poster is also 12 years old or if this is a grown human. Um, well, one thing I question with <laughs> this, um, and I think this kind of adds to what Morgan and Anissa were probably seeing is mm-hmm. I wonder if this person who made this comment is just trying to rile people up and add to the lore. I, I, yeah, I mean, that would, I mean, he's certain, whoever it was, certainly added quite a lot of lore. <laughs> yeah, and so I just wonder, like, is this the the sort of things that these girls were seeing at the time? Right, to make them right. Believe it. Yeah, so I don't know if this person's just making up all this whole comment, or if they uh-huh. themselves also believe it. I, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but I just thought I'd call that out because that post was in 2021. That was very wow. recent, many many yeah. years after. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. And then just to kind of conclude this, I, I don't want to get into too many details with this, um, but Peyton is doing very well. And it seems pretty clear to me okay. that she wants to live a normal life. So, like, I found out where she's mm-hmm. going to school and, like, all this stuff. I'm not going to say it. She doesn't deserve mm-hmm. people coming after her if she wants a normal life. Um, mm-hmm. But she is a college student and she is researching psychology and gender studies. So from everything i've seen it sounds like she's doing great and that she's had the ability to move on with her life good that's wonderful because she i you know i'm not entitled to the information at all and i'm glad that she's able to live like a normal private life and but i do feel so much like relief for her that she's able to carry on and do these things and just able to be such a strong person to overcome something like this absolutely and i don't know how she feels about anisa's release i know Mm. her parents were pretty upset about it i Um, don't blame them i i do see that i do see that as well yeah, Why but she's she's since she stayed angry. out of the public side, she hasn't done a ton of interviews, so mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure her point of view. But mm-hmm. I do know at times she had talked about forgiveness, and I I do think there's a possibility that she's okay with it as long as those doctors were correct and that she's not a harm to herself and a harm to other people, because she just mm-hmm. seems like that truly kind and caring personality Uh, any final comments i just uh, i'll i'll reiterate that i'm glad that peyton survived this because it uh, it sounds like just a brutal horrific attack on on a lot of levels and i just feel so awful that this child she's young child she had to scream out i trusted you 
while someone was yeah. stabbing her. That's and and when you said it shocked the country, you're you're right. I remember for when that headline first came out, it was like, oh my god, like what what is happening that something this horrific could be per- perpetrated by someone so young and exactly yeah and those i remember those interrogation videos were everywhere too and i they're just hard to watch they they're so I, hard to watch yes i i i that's when i fell away from the case because i was like i just don't know if i can watch this interrogation yeah it, it's it's really I, I i watched little clips for this research now I've seen them all before. I've seen them years ago. And I I wanted to try to find the clips that I knew I needed to reference for mm-hmm. this episode without watching much more because it is it it's upsetting to me. These are young girls mm-hmm. and there's a lot of mental health going on here in addition mm-hmm. to being young and naive. Right. And it's just exactly it, it's, it's gut wrenching, and as I was saying in the in the beginning, yeah. I felt a lot of similarities between these two girls because I was into really spooky stuff. If if I was twelve when Slenderman became popular, I'm sure I would have been into that. Like if oh, I, I was that age when it came out, like I guarantee you, I would have been interested in that. So I, I found yeah. so many similarities with them in that way, but it just it's, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, I I do I do feel that vibe, you know. That's I mean, that's why I said like sort of we were we had that whole period where we thought the Blair Witch was real and like mm-hmm. my goddamn when I was 12 years old, I was like I can't go into them woods or I'm going to get sacrificed. Like yeah, I and like so Paranormal this came out when I was another one. That came out when yeah, you were in like high school or college. That was yeah, kind of the same out, story. Yeah, if this came out when I was a kid, I 100% would have been aware of it and probably like, oh no, we can't go over there because Slenderman might come. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I was so aware of all that stuff. But yeah, I, I hope you all enjoyed this case and thank you so much for listening to Happy Heard About This Case. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at Have You Heard About This Case Pod. You can find us on TikTok at HYHATC. Or you can email us at Have You Heard About This Case at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.